Want a grocery shop? Take back your life. Let witnessing nature and food provide you and your family with eco-conscious, organic, tasty, nutritious meals. Headed by internationally trained chef Jennifer Johnson, you will enjoy the healthful food your body craves. Choose from meal prep, meal plans, catering, or cooking class services. Just go to witnessingnature.net. Witnessingnature.net. It's what's in the food that matters. Eat organic. Witnessing nature in everything. Happy Thursday, and welcome to our Food to Love podcast. I am your host, Chef Jennifer Johnson with Witnessing Nature and Food, and I am dedicated to build to building a health as wealth community so we can all live happy, healthy, fulfilled lives. My company, Witnessing Nature and Food, is a full-service catering company, and we are deliberate in using distinct ingredients organically grown and cleanly made in all aspects of our food and of our delivery of food and education. We help you to understand and shift your relationship with food through food services, educational seminars, and cooking classes. Promoting locally sourced organic sustainable food, providing you and your community with a fantastic experience for all of your celebration needs. After all, as we commune, we tend to commune the best around food. So it should be food to love. So today is my guest uh, the, from the wonderful Veg Up and Get Dirty, the fantastic CEO, Lee Stewart. Lee was born in Vietnam, and at the age of four, Lee and her mom escaped to the United States. They traveled from boat to boat, plane to plane, and it took almost two years for them to land in a refugee camp. They arrived here in Arizona when she was seven, and they have never left. The experience of coming from Vietnam taught her how to be strong and survive. Gardening, since she was a young girl, and with 15 years of experience in health and wellness field with a certification in personal training and group fitness. Lee is a corporate wellness coach with years of education, nutrition, and human biology. Her clients have consistently asked her, about clean, healthy eating, asking, I want to grow more organic food, but I can't to buy, I want to eat more organic, but I can't afford to buy it. Hence, Veg Up, Get Dirty was birthed. The idea of healthy eating should be affordable to us all. Lots of people are busy with their careers and do not have time to have a garden. Lee assists them with starting a garden and checking the garden or has services to also check the garden weekly. you're, you're the exact reason why Lee is here. So let's get veg up and get dirty with her today. Lee, welcome to Food to Love. We both have a common vision um, about making sure health is wealth and it's not only for those that can buy or can afford to, to have health and local organic foods. And I'm so excited that number one, you're my great friend and number two, that you're on the show with us today. So tell us more about the problems you solve for people I know that you're going to help me with my planted garden. Uh, I've been successful in some areas, but not in others. And summer makes everything a little bit uh, unhappy. And usually I start, to, I start over again fall. So I know that you're going to come and help me. But please tell everybody um, more about yourself and um, how you can help them. 
Yes, thank you, Jennifer, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. What an honor and a privilege to uh, be sharing uh, this wonderful movement of getting people healthy, well, and in in their food and and in their body and their mind and their spirit. So thank you so much, my dear friend. Um, <clears throat> well, um, one of the things that uh, I'm doing, uh, as you mentioned, I've been a health a health and wellness coach, a corporate health and wellness coach, a personal trainer, holistic nutritionist for the last 15 plus years, almost 20 years now. And I've just seen so many and talked to so many different people about uh, their health and wellness in regards to their eating. A lot of people want to eat organic, but as you know, um, the food is not really truly organic. Um, Oftentimes, when it comes uh, in from other countries like Argentina, Chile, China, it's actually put in these huge trucks and sprayed with a, a pesticide or a preservative. It's very, very fine. And then it goes into our grocery stores. And then, you know, uh, we'll talk, I'm sure, later about this, but um, the food isn't, um, you know, by the time it reaches us, the nutrients is gone because of the fact that it's, uh, it's you know, depleted. It's about two, three, four, sometimes five weeks old by then. But, um, and then also, too, you know, when people go to the grocery store and they buy organic, Jennifer, a lot of times what they're, what they're doing is they're spending 49% more in quote-unquote, organic food than they are in standard food. So cost is relatively a whole lot more. So Vet Get Dirty, what we do is we come out, we do a consultation, full consultation. I spend an hour with you at your uh, location, whether it be at your home, your, pati- your uh, patio or balcony. And we talk about placement. We talk about uh, what you want to grow. Um, some of the things that we, I also do to help people is to get off of medication. Like if you are on, uh, you have diabetes type two, help you get your A1C levels uh, correct. You know, get off that uh, high cholesterol medication, and you can do that as you know by eating right from your own garden. Uh, we service it weekly, biweekly, or monthly, and there's a lot of education, uh, especially here, understanding what zone we're in, and actually understanding this crazy climate we have everywhere, right? Absolutely. And yeah, you know, we talked about that a lot in the previous episodes about, you know, transportation is a huge issue with food. And um, yep, in the, if you buy in the store because it's convenient, then yes, it can be more expensive. However, make it to your local garden or your local uh, farmer's market and food becomes much more um much more reasonable and organic as well as to really pay attention to like the environmental working groups, uh, clean 15 and dirty dozen, just to kind of prioritize where your organic money should be spent. If you have to spend it that way in the store. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So yes, I am so excited to have you here on the show with us and I just love your energy and the amount of information that you have about gardening health chickens you have. And you know, I have a question. For you, um, you probably, if I have a question for you, you probably give me, ask me five more so that I make sure I get the right answer. It's just fantastic. So if you had three top things people should know about their gardens, what would that be? Well, Jennifer, it's a great question. Uh, there's, there's some really crucial things. So um, your soil is very crucial. You know, here, we're, 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 in, we're in Arizona, uh, and, you know, our, 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 our yeah. 
lychee, <laughs> clay, hard, rocky, you know. Oh, my goodness. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When I used to, it used uh, to be cotton yeah. fields, and now they used to be cotton fields. I think no, but not many people know that Arizona used to be the number one cotton, uh, cotton seed and cotton seed oil and cotton manufacturer. Yeah, so sprayed with a, a tons lot of, of pesticides. Right, right, and and so you know it's very compromised our soil. So soil is very crucial. So you know, um, one of the questions would be, what soil are you using? Uh, are you using just the ground soil? Are you using uh, soil that's coming from, you know, your box stores? Um, what kind of soil are you using? Is It's really important. Um, is the soil, uh, you know, uh, like a, a portion of organic uh, mixture with sand um, and uh, cocoa core? And, you know, are you amending it with, with really good, uh, what I call, uh, a cocktail of different things so that you uh, have those plants really thriving and not just simply surviving. Um, right. another, thing, another thing would be your irrigation. Well, for example, you know, um, I uh, have some of my plants on irrigation uh, and some of them I don't. I, I will go out every morning to feed the chickens here on the urban farm at Veg Up Get Dirty. And uh, we also have not just the chickens and the, the gardening, but we also have koi for aquaponics. And we have a cicada tortoise, and we're actually trying to uh, bring on some goats. So we're going to try to uh, one-stop shop here, Urban Garden. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. So the irrigation is really important. For example... If you have to, if you're growing tomatoes, tomatoes is a plant that likes to be watered consistently at the right time with the right amount of uh, water. And so, if you sporadically water it, you don't get a very good harvest from it. You can't get a harvest from it, but you'll they'll do a lot better if you're irrigating it on a regular, consistent basis. And um, and and also. Too, it's helpful, you know. Uh, we all have busy lives, and oftentimes we don't always get out in the morning to water. You know, I have to get out because I number one have to, like I said, feed the chickens, take care of the other uh, farm animals, but and the other animals. But I also like to check on my garden every day to make sure, uh, kind of find out what's happening out there. Uh, exactly. So um, irrigation is really important. You know, uh, you know our our folks out there who are gardening, do they have an irrigation set up or do they have some kind of uh, hand watering system? You know, maybe the kids go out and water it on a regular basis, uh, whatever, whatever important to have that system going somehow. And then a third thing that's really um, important uh, for gardening is um, in Arizona placement. You know, of course, we have very, very high humid, or excuse me, high heat here in Arizona and, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, this last summer I was, uh, when it hit 120 degrees, I was out uh, putting uh, gardens in and uh, uh, um, I actually had to get a, uh, uh, a jackhammer because I was jackhammering the ground off of a, a side of a cliff, hill in a person's, in a client's backyard to even it out so I could put the beds in. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was like working out in dragon's breath. Oh, I know. So, 
It was it was so, one summer. I've lived here 30 years, and it was a summer to remember, let me tell you, or maybe forget. <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Placement, placement is really important. And then when the summer hits and the heat hits so, so hard, um, we also want to make sure that if it's in a place, you can shade it. If you if it's not in a place you could shade it, and if you can get it in a place that has some shade, it's really good too. So yeah, I, I know I have my patio garden. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no no no, I'm sorry. I was just saying that uh, you know placement is uh, those are some of the really main things about getting a garden started. Soil irrigation and placement, those are fantastic things to remember. Absolutely. I mean, even my balcony garden, I place my things that um, don't do well in the uh, afternoon heat. I put them on the um, west side because they do not get afternoon sun. And the things that they do get morning sun instead. And then the things that do really well and want a lot of heat, I put on the east side of my balcony because um, it gets afternoon sun but no morning sun. Yeah. So that's absolutely true. And I learned that because... I put everything like in one location and they didn't do very well the very first year. So, you know, absolutely. It's better to learn from you than it is to do trial and error. I've done a ton of trial and error. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's wonderful because you put all this money into buying the plants or the seeds and all this energy and love and, and time in that. And when you can pull somebody who's had so much background in this and, and has already kind of, uh, made the errors and, and learned of the errors, it uh, saves you a ton of money. Um, <clears throat> one of the things I was going to mention was that one of the things that I do is I custom build raised garden beds as well, and I put them on wheels for that very purpose. I, I have just got done with that. Yeah, I, I, thank you. So I build a custom, I built the three, five by three, 36 inches high for a client of mine who I've known, uh, who's actually a dear friend of mine, who I've known for 20 years, and she retired, and she wanted to get back to her gardening and that, but she didn't want to have to bend down and that, so um, I made it very easy for her, and I put them all on wheels, and she just walks right up to it, and she does her little thing, and, and, and she's loving it. You know, because I don't want people to not be able to garden because maybe they have knee issues or back issues or anything like that. You know, gardening is so wonderful in so many ways. And therapeutic, Uh, too. Yeah, absolutely. has a lot of of, uh, uh, benefits to it. So, you know, I don't want people not to be able to garden. And gardening doesn't mean you have to get down on the ground on your you know your knees it can be you can be standing up I also did something for a gentleman who was in a wheelchair and so he's kind of homebound a lot and so that's great you know it's exactly the height that he needs to when he pulls his wheelchair up and uh, he gets the garden that is fantastic so those are all things to, you know, when we think, when sometimes when we something happens to us, we tend to think that, you know, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this. And it is fantastic that you customize things so that people that love doing things don't have to give it up, that they can just continue to do it, just amend it. Absolutely, absolutely. I try to uh, be very innovative on how I do everything. And I'm very meticulous and I like things aesthetically nice, so... I make everything very beautiful and, uh, you know, something that you can sit out and really enjoy. Uh, nothing's oh, yeah, more wonderful. 
You're right. Nobody wants to look at a, at a bad gardener or bad pl- bad flowers or something. They want to look at really nice things. They want to enjoy where they where they commune in their backyard or they relax. <clears throat> so anyways, we're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to take a break and come back and learn more about Lee and Veg Up Get Dirty. Awesome. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back to Food to Love. I am your host, Chef Jennifer Johnson, <clears throat> with Witnessing Nature and Food, and I'm excited to be here with Lee Stewart, the CEO of Veg Up Get Dirty. And before we went on break, we were talking about the three things that we need to know in order to plan our urban garden, and that was soil irrigation and placement. And Lee mentioned something about cocoa core. Um, and so I want some more information about that. I hope you guys do too. Because I've heard a lot of uh, master gardeners talk about the fact that topsoil being potentially uh, becoming a um, constrained resource. And I've heard a lot about cocoa core and how we can mix it with our dirt, especially in Arizona to in summertime. Um, it gets hot. And so I think it helps us be more successful in Arizona to grow. But I want to know why it would help me be more successful and is it an alternative to topsoil? Is it something to mix with topsoil? Are these two separate questions? Am I completely off track about topsoil? Just let me know, and, and let's talk some more about it, Lee. Absolutely. <laughs> you're so cute. No, you're, you're right on target with a lot of that stuff, Jen. Um, so cocoa core comes actually from coconuts. Um, you know, it's the outer uh, part, you know, that hairy brown part that we see from coconuts. And years ago, they would, you know, use the coconut for the, and we still do, for the, for the uh, coconut water and the inside meat and stuff, but they throw away the, the, uh, the outer shell. And they then recently found out that, hey, that has a lot of benefits to it. And one of the things that cocoa core those <clears throat> They shave all that off and then they grind it down and cut. And then there's a little bit of a process that goes through. They go through depending on which manufacturer. But basically, the cocoa core actually has hormones um, for your plants. Kind of like we as humans to have hormones. You know, we have uh, women have more hormones than men, or we have different hormones, that kind of thing. The plants actually have to have hormones uh, for a good growing process. And so it has hormones in it for the plants. And it also helps keep the soil moist, retaining the moisture, um, just like you said. So cocoa core actually uh, retains 10 times more of the water weight. So if you, um, <clears throat> if you, you used to use peat moss, which does help a little bit, and still people still do use it, but the cocoa core actually holds the water more, which is very helpful, especially, like you said, here in Arizona, you know, where it's dry, dry, dry. 
And, um, and you know, as you're watering That's fantastic to know that it has hormones, too, because I didn't realize that peat moss, peat moss was something that I used when I was a girl. Um, but it really didn't help. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It really didn't help um, mix with the soil very well. And I don't think that it probably would work as well in Arizona as that cocoa core does. And I didn't actually realize that it was, um, that it actually had the hormones in it. So that is fantastic. It's another way to provide additional um, fertilizer to our plants, right? Absolutely. Another way to amend it. And um, it also has, uh, I'll tell you also, it has insect neutral, it it has a a, uh, insect neutralization. So what that means is that most pests don't like it. They, They don't like the, the cocoa the core of the cocoa and what's in the cocoa core um, so it's another line of defense for insects um, That's but awesome. it's really uh, yeah so it has much, a lot of great benefits to it and I like it because we're repurposing we're using all of um, the natural resources that we can which is wonderful I'm all about do, uh, doing that to help the earth and our ecosystem and uh, getting back to the you know carbon footprint of our earth so that's really good. It's also it's a good amendment, but you don't. Um, but it doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it. So, um, like soil. So when you use cocoa core, it's considered an amendment. So they use they do use cocoa core a lot in hydroponics. Like really, you should always use soil with it um, because soil will carry the nutrients that the cocoa core does not. Gotcha. That makes total sense. Yeah. So it's total wonderful. Yeah, it's wonderful in many aspects, but you don't really want to just use cocoa core as soil. Um, you know, you can mix it in with your soil, uh, and you can actually put it on top of your soil to help uh, keep the moisture in a little bit more. But you don't want to just use it only as quote unquote soil or uh, dirt to plant to have your plants really grow. Gotcha. Gotcha. So let me ask you another question about the cocoa core. So you talked about the fact that it helps um, the insects don't really like it. So we're talking about like aphids and other kinds of worms and so on that would attack the plants and make and hurt them. You're not talking about good. You're not talking about the bacteria or the, the insects that grow actually inside the dirt that help make sure that, um, that things are um, growing well, and per- when they die, they provide another set of carbon footprint into the plant, so that it keeps it keeps everything growing, provides some additional nutrients. So it, the worms and the insects that are actually supposed to be in the dirt, it doesn't hurt them. Correct. Trick. So, and uh, you know, the species that are supposed to help, like the bacteria, the good bacteria, the bad bacteria, like what we have in our bio gut. Uh, you know, um, worms, it doesn't affect them, um, but it does affect other uh, insects that you don't really want. Um, you know, those little flying white bugs that we all get, and that, you know, they're such a nuisance, um, but they're actually part of the ecosystem. Um, and, you know, there's a time and a season for all things. Um, and they're, I think, more of a nuisance to us than anything else. 
Um, but they don't, they're not attracted to that. They don't like it. So there's certain things that, you know, that is one that will help keep some of those insects away um, and help uh, defend the soil and its integrity, like you, like you were saying. Fantastic. And I, I, you know me, I'm all about reuse. I compost, I recycle. Um, I'm all about being green. I'm a green Phoenix green business partner. And so anytime you can reuse um, something, and especially if you, it doesn't get thrown into the landfill, I am all for it. I mean, even my my knife case for my, my business is made out of recycled uh, tires. Um, I know. I, I love it. I love those trays you use when you um, go to different events. We go to different oh, events. Oh, the palm leaf, yeah. Yeah, um, I love those. Those are so cool. <laughs> They're super cool. I mean, I've even gotten rid of, I use bamboo toilet paper, bamboo. I mean, so I use things that, you know, aren't coming from trees and other things that we need to that we need to keep. And bamboo regenerates so much faster. And it actually works significantly better than, you know, palm leaf works well, bamboo works well. Um, paper towels because I have to use them in my business. Um, I use recycled paper towels and I, they go back to the recycler. I mean, it's just it's fantastic to reuse things and make sure they don't go in the landfill. Landfills will become a limited resource. Yeah, and I'm, I, I'm totally on board and so right on with you about that. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, we talked a little bit earlier about um, you know, I'm focused on organic and locally sourced food because, you know, as we mentioned, that things can take um, a significant amount of time ending up in the in transportation, and they lose their nutrition from the moment that they're picked. Um, and I know you're concerned about that. You're concerned about that as well. Uh, Absolutely. So tell us more about your passion around locally sourced um, ingredients. And then, you know, picking right, picking and eating, because I know that even sometimes you go to the market, I mean, I know the other countries, they go to the market every day or every couple of days to buy their food. Um, however, we tend to go and we leave our, our fresh fruits and vegetables in the refrigerator for a week, two weeks or whatever, and they continue <laughs> to lose their, to degradate and lose their, um, and lose their nutrition and they build up methane and all kinds of other things that, that cause issues for our, for our um, internal system. So talk to me a little bit more about um, how you would prefer to see people eating their locally sourced food. Cause I know, I know how I feel about it, but um, I think that it's important that we hear how you'd feel about it too. Absolutely. I, I thank you so much. That's, that's a very important uh, aspect of eating, but we don't really think about that. And I'm giggling because Jen, um, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times, you know, um, I see people like go to the grocery store or, or to the farmer's market and then they buy a, a bunch of like cilantro, right? They're going to make salsa or something. And uh, maybe they buy too much because, um, you know, they love the smell of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and, uh, or something, or, you know, they just think, oh, you know, I could use more, but then they don't wind up using it. And this is with tomatoes. This is with, you know, just about anything. You buy vegetables like once a week where, like you said, in other countries, you go daily to the market and, uh, you know, and then it sits and it sits and it sits. And then a week and a half later, two weeks, you got a science project going on. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so then what I tell people is, have you ever, 
like, and you know this, when you go out to your garden, like before you even get to your garden several feet, you can smell that cilantro. And you can smell the, the, um, the oregano and you can smell the, the parsley. And when you go to the grocery store, I've had to do this, uh, you know, in a pinch. And I have to literally stick the cilantro up my nose to get a whiff of it. And grow your own stuff right in your own backyard at your fingertips. Oh, my gosh. The, the smell is just uh, vivacious. And the, you have a burst of, like, uh, fireworks going on in your mouth when you taste the food. Absolutely. And on top of that, you only pick what you need. So, you know, Absolutely. it's kind of cute, cute because... I um I have a, a client who has just started gardening, and everyone that I build a garden for, I call them now my farmer. So it's you know Farmer Jackson or Farmer uh, Deborah or Farmer you know because you're growing something. Right. <clears throat> it was it was just kind of I I didn't say anything, but you know it was kind of cute because they were like, so do I just pull the lettuce out when I when I need it? And I was like, oh no, honey, you don't have to your lettuce out you just pick it from the base so uh, you go you pull from the outside yeah it keeps growing and you only pick what you need and they were just like oh (laughs) so you only use we 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 as people think when you harvest you go out and you clean a whole you clean a whole um farm bed completely to the ground and then you regenerate the soil then you retill the soil and then you start over again so yeah the idea of picking what we need is interesting and then also you know I have some tips and tricks too about stuff because I you know as a chef I I sometimes overbuy um but you know if you take your your um your you know flat leaf parsley or or actually a lot of you know like butter lettuce that lives for a little while if you put it actually in a bowl with water um clip off the ends like you would flowers and put it in a cup and put it in your refrigerator, they will continue to stay longer versus starting. If you leave them in that plastic wrap that you bought them in the market at, then they continue to, they'll start to, the, the methane will build up inside that plastic and it'll start to, it'll start to fail faster. If you take them out right. and let them be free, even in the refrigerator, they'll last just a little bit longer so that you can, you can do something else with it. And honestly, cilantro in fish, cilantro in, I mean, people think about putting cilantro in, in, um, salsa or, you know, um, what other kind of, you know, tacos or things like that. But if cilantro is fantastic in all sorts of dishes. Yeah. As a fresh yeah and you would be, yeah. And you'd be an ex you're the expert at that for sure. And that's a great tip, you know, with, in regards to putting your, uh, your butter lettuce in a container with some water. That's awesome. That's really yeah, awesome. They, they, stay, they continue to grow for a while. And, I mean, in the refrigerator, it's not the best optimal situation. But, I mean, it, it's, it keeps them from degenerating. It keeps mm-hmm. the nutrition Absolutely. going. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. So... How about this? We have two growing seasons in Arizona. Have you ever published a list? Or I know that they have the zone thing, but in Arizona it can be a little complicated because we do get a really great um, cool down in the fall, 
and you can grow all the way up until probably January, February. And if it decides to freeze, then it freezes. But then you can start again in February, and you can grow all the way through the summertime if you if you plan properly. So are you providing that to your customers and being able to uh, figure out what they or how they can um, give them tips and tricks? So it seems we're having just a little bit of technical difficulty. Um, so... I think Lee is dialing back in. It seems that the call got dropped. So I will just have a couple minutes here. I'm going to go to a commercial real quick, and then um, when she gets back, she when I get back, she should be here. Calling all speakers. Even the network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve one million dollars in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. you back yes ma'am I'm here oh awesome <laughs> awesome awesome well before we had some technical difficulties um, I was asking you a question about the fact that we're fortunate enough to have two growing seasons in Arizona um, and, and uh, asking about the services or um, lists that you provide or to um, customers as to give them guidance as to how they plant um, so, or do you just follow an existing resource that we have in Arizona? Well, um, I give them a lot of my background and understanding about my own experience and the experiences that I've had gardening for uh, my clients as well as my personal experience. Um, but I also recommend that they go to Maricopa County Extension Program. And Maricopa County uh, has a list of uh, vegetables and herbs that you can go uh, to. There's a chart that they have online, and you can find out when to plant uh, by seed, uh, you know, when to harvest it. It kind of breaks it down for you, which it makes it super easy. Um, it's hard for me to give one person, because they're asking, like, all of the different plants. Um, so I always refer them to that list, because then they can decide, oh, you know, I want to I want to plant carrots and this is when I can plant them and this is when I need to get them into the ground by seed um, etc etc so that's what I always recommend it makes it kind of easy on everybody and they can reference to it any time oh that is fantastic I didn't know that we had that I will absolutely follow up and I will get that resource and I think that maybe it's something we could we could promote and publish on our on our both of our websites I think that would be great yeah absolutely absolutely um so that's what I usually use. Um, and uh, some things are not on there that people do want to grow. Uh, that, um, And then, you know, there's a, a longer extended conversation about those particular plants or trees because I do also work with trees where I will plant them. Uh, I will prep the, the, the hole or the soil for um, them to be planted. And I actually uh, pick them and, pr- and I'll prune them and that kind of thing. So, I also uh, help with fruit trees 
in, in people's yards um, when they uh, need those taken care of, you know, when they need them uh, to be uh, have the extra nutrients and, and do a little education with them in regards to that. Oh, that's great. Absolutely great. Yeah. So it, it's kind of really well, that's fun. Why, that's why we need you, right? That's why, that's why this service is grown, because <laughs> we all need to know these things. Yeah, it's kind of a one-stop shop over here at Veg Up Get Dirty. So it's really uh, cool. So we're helping everybody in every avenue that we can. Oh, that is fantastic. Let's see. Let's ask you a career question. What is your proudest moment you've had of your career so far? So far, gosh, I have so many things. But you know what? I honestly currently um, – one of the most proudest moments that I have is when I build a garden for somebody, for somebody who really wants to take control of their life, to control and change your lifestyle and help them to thrive. You know, we simply sometimes survive out here. We're just, you know, trying to make it day to day. And there's so much that we can talk about with gardening that goes beyond the scope of just how do you garden and you know, as you know, the benefits of it from you know, your cooking uh, whole, truly whole foods to how it helps us physically and uh, mentally. Um, there's research in regards to how gardening helps uh, with PTSD. And uh, I mean, there's just so many great, awesome benefits to it. But I think the biggest thing, like I said, is just every time I finish a garden, it's such a rewarding for me because I'm not, I'm giving back, I'm helping somebody, and that's the, that's who I am, that's the heartbeat of who I am, I always want to support and help people because of all of the trauma that I've been through as a young child and then growing up and, you know, having to work hard and, and uh, kind of find my way uh, through this journey of life, and if I can help somebody just by simply helping them to uh, enjoy uh, eating right from their garden, whether it just be an herb a garden or a full-blown garden or helping them to get their trees uh, yielding fruit that's that's beautiful and, and vivacious. That's really what makes moments in my life and my career um, so wholeheartedly warming and uh, beautiful to me. That's awesome. Because I know you guys came, you came out and um, brought all of your chickens to show my guys at a new leaf. And a new leaf is where I do my give back. That is where I teach um, people that have been homeless or in domestic violence situations and their families um, how to eat healthy on a budget. Because we both agree that for those that are wealthy to eat healthy or organic foods. And so you came out and you showed them the different kinds of chickens you have and the different colored eggs that they lay, and they were so amazed. And even the ones that had missed that class, they were like, can Lee come back and do the chickens? I really want to see the chickens again. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes, there's there's a whole different uh, world when it comes to chickens and, and that. And, you know, you and I have talked on a personal level of how the benefits of it and how amazing it is and chickens are just amazing they're very smart creatures and uh and such a amazing um uh, animal in itself and i just i love them they're 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 wonderful you know when i when i used to work the corporate world i would come home and have a nice 
glass of red wine and sit in my garden and watch my chickens, my girls just, you know, do their thing. And it's just, it's so, it's so fun and rewarding and just the things and the personalities and <laughs> just how they, they socialize with each other. It's, it's really very fascinating. It is. Yeah. It's very fascinating. And you know, um, you, you have different kinds of chickens. They lay white eggs and brown eggs and, and uh, rainbow colored eggs. And then I have a friend that is a chef and he raises chickens as well. And he gives them, you know, during the different times of the year, he'll feed them different um, foods so that he gets different colored inside yolk and um, um, the actual egg white will change the color because chickens will eat things. They don't have taste buds. They will eat things that, that um, are good for them. But right. it also alters the food so that it gives a different flavor because, you know, you are a product of your environment and what you produce is a product of your environment as well. And it is, it's fantastic to see that it really kind of come through that, that way. Yeah, that is so cool. Uh, that's really cool. I'd like to see that. That's really cool. You know, um, in regards to that, you can give your chickens more uh, different types of um, foods that actually uh, enhance their colors. Like if you have, you know, uh, some of my chickens lay blue eggs and pink eggs. And so, um, you know, you feed them some other things and it actually enhances the brightness of the, the, uh, the eggshell. So that's very true. I believe, you know, exactly what you're saying for him uh, in regards to what he's doing, but that's kind of fun. <laughs> and, you know, eating a chicken egg from an urban farmer like myself or him is uh, the bee, the B complexes in it, the B vitamins are so much more uh, potent, stronger, um, healthier, you know, more vivacious. And, uh, and you certainly, um, you know, you don't have to refrigerate the eggs. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, history and uh, knowledge behind just having urban chickens, which is lots of fun. Maybe we could talk about that in another uh, episode. That would be so much fun. That would be, absolutely be so much fun because I think there's a lot about chickens and eggs and stuff that we don't, that a lot of people don't know what happens with them. And so, you know, and I love, I love getting your chicken eggs much more than I like getting anything from the market, even though oh, I use totally organic and pastured eggs. Um, yours are, yours are, have a fantastic flavor to them. Thank you. Well, I love giving them to you. It's always wonderful to share them with people, good friends and family that do enjoy them. I've given chicken eggs to people before and they're like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> I'm like, well, I probably don't know the value behind that, but it's okay. <laughs> but, uh, I definitely, <laughs> I wish, over- I wish I could eat as many as you want to give me. Well, I'm, I need to get some over to you because we're like overflowing over here. I've got 18 of them and they produce anywhere from, uh, 10 to uh, 15 eggs a day. So I got to get some over to you. (laughs) (laughs) So we discussed a little earlier about your inspiration for your business. And, you know, I have my aquaponics as well as my planted garden, but you know, there's a lot happening in Arizona regarding, and probably in a lot of other areas as well as regarding these pop-up urban gardens. Um, So, where people, these pop-up urban gardens, if our listeners don't know about them, is where an urban garden has been planted and the city is now leasing or an area or a row or two to um, people and they come out and they can work their own row and they get to eat everything from the row, but they're responsible for, for that area or that row that they're, they're renting or leasing every month. And I know a few, I have a couple of girlfriends that have one in Fountain Hills and then the one that they just did 
in South Mountain to give um, jobs to underprivileged, as well as many different communities that are even being planned, planting an urban garden like Cretopia um, out in um, Mesa. So what's happening in the Arizona landscape and how can you help out these urban, these urban gardeners, even if they're leasing a, they're leasing a space? Cause I, I know that I would go out and lease a space. And even when I first started doing my garden, when I had a huge backyard, um, I had to learn a lot and I had a lot of failures going on. And so I'm assuming that a lot of these urban gardeners have that same kind of thing going on. Absolutely. And, you know, we can come out, uh, Jennifer, uh, here at Veg Up Get Dirty, and we can help educate about, um, you know, if the soil is correct, um, you know, if you're having a lot of issues with insects, um, because, and I think those are wonderful. I mean, if you can't, uh, if you don't have a provided space, private provided space somehow, and you want to, you know, grow um, your own uh, gar- garden, gardening and grow your own vegetables. I think that's a great way to go. I mean, there's so many community gardens out there and I help a lot of community gardens and, and uh, you know, all over the state here, uh, some in uh, uh, Cottonwood and uh, Prescott and Sedona and that. So, uh, you know, we can always come out and give consultations um, and also help you to uh, troubleshoot issues maybe that you might be having or uh, tr- or um, talk about issues that could happen and how to prevent them. Uh, because when you're gardening in big masses around other gardens, you're going to get, you know, bugs and worms and all kinds of stuff from other gardens that maybe travel over to yours um, kind of thing. So absolutely, you can come out and do consultations and uh, or help you to start your gardening and keep you educated. One of the things that we're going to be doing hopefully here in 2018 is actually getting classes together uh, for people uh, because there's such a need for it. I just, I see people say all the time, you know, I'd really like to get into a class for this or that or, you know, whatnot. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, how do we deal with in those urban gardens or the community gardens, as you talked about, um, how do we deal with when the guy next door to you wants to use pesticides to grow whatever he's growing and you don't want that stuff on your, and you know that, I mean, that's a huge issue with a lot of organic farms that are near non-organic farms. If they have the spray over, wind blows the wrong way, then that's a, that's a year that they can't call their food organic and they have to wait three more years before they can call it organic. If, in fact, they don't have another spray over issue. And that means they've yeah. spent a lot of money on seed and caring for in a non organic, in an organic process, in an organic environment, in order to have to sell their food at a less price. Right, right. So that's, well, a, huge, that's um, a huge issue. Yeah, you know, one of the things that can be done is we can, I can go in and I can assess the situation. And uh, if if you do have somebody who's growing next to you that is using uh, some type of pesticide that uh, is compromising, you know, your garden, uh, then we can talk about putting certain kind of barriers up where the sun can come in, but they don't have that overspray as well as, you know, are you planting in the ground or are you creating a bed higher and how high is the bed? Those kind of things, because those kind of things can help um, as well. Um, you know, sprays um, can travel, but there are ways that you can protect it so that you do get the sun and the rain coming in uh, whenever, when it rains, 
which is hardly ever around here in Arizona. <laughs> we <laughs> got it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, we did. We got dumped on last night. <laughs> we got it yesterday, yeah. <laughs> what is it, seven so, months without measurable rain? Yeah, it's crazy. And then it, like, literally just, like, dumped tons of water all at one time. It's just crazy. But um, there are ways that you can get around that and protect um, your crop so that you know you don't have that uh, compromising issue. I bet you there's a lot of people that would like to know that because they're very they're very prideful about you know making sure they they um, treat their food good, and then some guy will come along and he's like I don't care and he just does his thing and and it 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 it, it can upset them. But there's a good oh, way that absolutely. we can to know that there's a good way we can diplomatically deal with protecting our own stuff and not have to and not have to have that situation. Absolutely. There's always a solution. We just, you know, have to troubleshoot basically. And uh gardening is like that, you know, you have to be very patient and you have to be open minded about different ways to uh get the get the results that you're looking for. Um, and, it, and it is a process, but it's nice when you hire somebody like ourselves here at Veg Up Get Dirty so that we can help you to not keep having to, to run into issue after issue. And then, um, and then you know, you've spent all this money and time uh, you know, trying to get your harvest where you want it. Uh, let us do the work. Let us get dirty and let us uh, help you to find success in it. One of the things that get all the time is people say, you know, Lee, I don't, I don't, I love gardening, but I don't have a green thumb, and it's really about patience and education. Oh, when I was younger, my mom could grow anything. She could save things that were on the brink, a brink of death, and she would turn them into flourishing, fantastic, without using Miracle Grow or any kind of, any kind of other thing. She just could grow absolutely anything, and I could kill everything. But now, as I've gotten older, and maybe I. Patience than I did when I was younger. Um, I would probably say that you know raising kids does that to you. Um, yeah, I would probably <laughs> sure say that mostly. Exactly, huh? So I, I would probably say that I do significantly better. Um, my aquaponics do really well, but I, I still have some struggles with my dirt. Um, I'm better at it now, and I know that I know that I really need to pay more attention to it because. I get busy, and so I just get up a half hour earlier, and I go out and talk to my plants and water them, and enjoy the sunrise. and And that seems to take that seems to take care of most of most of what I got going on. But, but you know, That's it is awesome. it is a it has to be a labor of love because I love when I can go out and pick my food and bring it in and make a nice salad. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, my son, I helped make a sandwich for him the night before, and I pick all kinds of different lettuce out there um, and different, you know, just really cool stuff that I grow and spicier kind of lettuces and different things that you don't even actually find in the grocery store. Um, and uh, he he didn't really used to like eating sandwiches, but, you know, when I started uh producing these different kind of lettuce so they have a little bit more kick to them or a mustard taste or whatnot. He just really likes them, uh, and it's wonderful. It's really wonderful. And there's so many things that you can grow here in Arizona that you wouldn't think that you could grow that have so many beautiful, beautiful um, benefits to them. It's just it's amazing, you know. Um, it is, absolutely, and, and with, yeah. And, I mean, I even have my, even, as you mentioned regarding the sandwich, I mean, even my 
my corporate and um, catering customers, honest to God, I make wraps and sandwiches with different kinds of lettuces, as you mentioned. And I don't use mayonnaise and mustards and things like that. I make like make make my own dressings and stuff for people, yeah. and yeah. they really they absolutely love them. They're like, oh, these are very different. And so it is nice when you can try something totally different inside inside of a sandwich and, and actually surprise somebody, and they feel they feel great about eating it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's 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 fun. It's uh, I think it's wonderful. So. When people come and visit the urban garden, they're like, oh, my gosh, what is that? And I'll tell them, oh, this is this species of lettuce, and it comes from such and such place. And uh, so I'll tear, tear a piece off, and I'll let them eat it. Uh, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that's, that's really cool, amazing, different. And you wouldn't have to put any kind of mustard or uh, condiments or anything because you get the flavor from the actual plant itself, which is Absolutely. really fun. You know, fun. I do a Try It Tuesday um, video and I do a lot of it with with um, the a new reefer La Mesita, the people there because they see I take them a lot of fruits and vegetables and stuff that they've never seen before and if they've not seen it they're not going to buy it in a store because they don't know how to cook with it um, and so I do a lot of try it Tuesdays and give some recipes and things so I think that we should do something like that Lee I think that's our next step is that we do something where we go to your garden and we figure out what people don't typically see in the store and let's do a bunch of recipe yeah. and try it and do it a bunch of recipes and videos about that. Sweet. I love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that would be fantastic. Ah, I think that would be totally well, fantastic. You let me know, dear. I'm not ready. That'd be fantastic because you know, a lot of people, even, even if you're, you know, educated in, and you make a lot of money, you go to the store and you look at stuff and sometimes, I mean, I was, I was what? I grew up in Michigan and I was probably 23 or 24 years old before I ever saw collard greens. That's a South thing. <laughs> what do you do with yeah. collard greens? Right. Wow. Right. So right. Well, as we become less regionalized or, you know, maybe, maybe some of the region has kind of, as we've moved around and Arizona is a huge uh, uh, melting pot state that, you know, there's a lot of things that are coming over because people want to grow them because um, they can and they want to bring their, their culture and their food with them. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I would love to do that. I mean, teaching them about like moringa seeds and the benefits of them. Oh my gosh, the, the superfood that it is and it's uh, almost 100% edible, the tree itself and just, uh, you know, um, you know, it's very indigenous to India, and uh, it's just an amazing superfood all the way around. Um, and just teaching them those kind of things, you know, uh, the climate here mimics a lot of other climates depending on what uh, climate, what zone you're in. And so teaching them what zone we're in and what, we can, what they can plant, uh, because, you know, it's, it's just fun to learn all those things. And then, uh, you know, who knows? And I, I encourage everybody to have some type of garden, whether it's a little herb a garden. You know, I make these little herb beds that you've seen that uh, yep, for yep. people if they want to get started. And uh, <clears throat> and I we, we create our own super soil here with a cocktail yep. of things and, Believe, and that. I, I, I hate to do this to you, and I think that we're going to have another show out of this, but we are about to need to finish. So tell people on the, tell the audience how they can get a hold of you. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, you can reach us here at uh, vegupgetdirty.com. Um, or go to our website, uh, or you can email me at uh, vegupgetdirty at gmail.com for any questions, or give me a call at 602-622-5547, and I'd love to answer any questions that you might have and help you to find success in your uh, farming, growing needs. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining us today. So next week we'll have another fabulous guest, and we look forward to talking to them then. Awesome. Thank you. Too busy to cook? Don't want a grocery shop? Take back. Are you still there? (laughs) I'm still here. Yeah, it ended. So I'll try and cut out the, the silent piece, but I filled it full of commercials pretty well, so it should be okay. Oh, okay, hon. No worries, no worries. I just All right, I'm going to hang up and I'm going to call you back, okay? Okay. All right, bye.